Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fitness Philadelphia podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Herding, and I have the absolute pleasure of talking to Philadelphia's best sports medicine physicians, physical therapists, strength coaches, and personal trainers. These movement professionals are the leaders driving the healthcare revolution in the Philadelphia region. During each episode, we gain valuable insight into how these individuals are changing the game. Please stop by precisionperformancept.com backslash fitness with a PH Philadelphia to subscribe and learn more. Hello, everyone. We're back to the Move Philadelphia podcast. I'm Dr. John Herding here. Um, today, we have a very special guest in Joe Kinney, Kinney Performance with us today. How are you, Joe? I'm doing great. How about yourself, John? I'm, I'm doing great. And I'm, I'm happy that you, you made the time for us and your busy schedule to pop on as you know, most movement professionals know, and we're always busy and burn the candle at both ends very often. But thank you for taking the time. Joe, tell us a little bit about, for those who might not be familiar with you, tell us a little bit about your history, your bio, give people a little bit of insight into who you are. Uh, yeah. So first off, I want to thank you again, John, for having me on and being a part of this group. So I guess it all kind of just can just take it back to basically high school days is when baseball started to get pretty serious. That, that was my, that main sport that I was playing. And those are the days that I started to kind of get into, into training. I'm a South Philly kid born and raised. I went to Newman Gretti high school. Uh, I played baseball there. Uh, and so from those years, essentially I was able to get a better understanding for how like, on the performance end of things, how can that can affect your performance on the field? I was lucky enough to be able to work with some coaches through my sophomore, junior year of high school that kind of helped influence me and at least give me a little bit of influence into the health and fitness side of things. Um, and then moving on from there, like from high school, I really didn't know specifically what I wanted to do or what kind of field I wanted to get into. I'm sure that in high school, uh, I was thinking about physical therapy. I had a cousin who did it and kind of just going through that process and just kind of getting so overwhelmed with like, what the hell am I going to do with myself uh, moving into college, what my major was going to be. So I kind of just went into eventually wind up going into college, um, undecided business major. Uh, I feel like a lot of I'm sure majority of other people do the same thing. And then once I kind of got to college, I, I started to again, still playing baseball in college. I was at the University of Maine my freshman year. That year, I was able to see what it was like to work at a D1 level in the, as far as the weight room goes and how practices are, are ran and all that performance side of things. And then basically from there, at, during that year, I kind of realized that the business stuff really wasn't kind of piquing my interest at all. I was kind of just going through the motions with the classes and stuff like that. Um, and then as fate would have it, I got injured my freshman year. Uh, and then I was also able to work around people like yourself, John, physical therapists, athletic trainers. I went through uh, a nice long rehab process. And again, just like in high school, when I got a little bit more respect for the performance side of things, I got a large respect for the rehab side of things. And uh, how just being very consistent with all that stuff yield progress and yield results. So there was just like kind of little pieces over time that helped kind of light the light the way for me to kind of get to where I'm at. So after my freshman year of University of Maine, I winded up actually transferring to Westchester uh, and then fully kind of just switched over to exercise science. I realized that kind of went back to my my old thinking of like physical therapy. I wanted to get along the lines of something health, fitness, anatomy related and figured that that would be the best route for me to go. I liked being active. I was an athlete. I feel like it was a good route for me. So taking my myself over to Westchester, I was able to play there for the rest of my baseball career as well. And then also met some, had the opportunity to meet some great professors, create great relationships, uh, and just good, get a good base knowledge of just anatomy, physiology, uh, and all the, all the stuff that kind of goes behind us as coaches. I know that technically you don't even need a college degree to be a uh, a coach or a personal trainer or anything like that, but I think that it is is something that is helpful beyond the knowledge standpoint. Um, I think that you get a great base of knowledge from that education, just from like the anatomy and physiology standpoint. I, I used to 
sit in my room with like a book and tracing paper and like trace the bones and the muscles mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I think that that stuff and just that kind of like drive to, to learn about that and the interest to learn about all that stuff helped me understand movement and and just coaching and performance a lot better uh, out, out just from that little bit of experience and, and the way I kind of push myself to learn. But uh, again, still going through college, having not really a huge grasp on what exactly I wanted to do. Uh, I was more so just kind of a broad stroke of like, I know I like this exercise thing. I know I, I, I feel like I'm good with dealing with people. I'm, a, I'm an athlete, um, soon to be former athlete. Uh, so it was, it was kind of a still kind of a, a thinking process for me. So even when I graduated, I still wasn't fully sold on what exactly I wanted to do. Wanted to work with people in some capacity in health and fitness in some capacity, still very broad. So I even continued my education further from Westchester University. I went to Corteva Institute and in King of Prussia, which is a massage therapy school. That was a six month program that I did over there. Um, and I am a licensed massage therapist as well as a strength and conditioning coach. That time in general, just kind of like stacking on top of all the stuff I learned from school, uh, being able to actually have a hands-on physical approach in the massage therapy learning where I was literally getting and giving manual therapy every single day. So it was, it was something where like I'm able to kind of actually feel the muscles feel restrictions in movement and understand all of that from a way different aspect that you would ever get in the classroom. So even if I don't use that massage as much now today in my in my business, just the knowledge that I was able to gain from that and the fact that I, I'm still able to utilize some of the stuff I learned from there in what I do now made that well worth the, uh, the experience as well. Um, so following that, uh, I kind of left massage therapy school with an idea of, okay, I can probably integrate the two things. I could use that massage piece along with the training piece. And again, still had no, nowhere to do it. I believe that you're one of the people that reached out to me saying that there was some, some job availability. Uh, and then I was able to get my first job uh, from there, which was at a small group training gym where I really kind of hit my stride as a coach. I kind of moved up the ranks pretty quickly I started off as just a part-time coach and then really kind of pushed the envelope on me being able to help with the programming and, and structure side of things there. Uh, and I was able to kind of build my way up into being one of the lead coaches there. And by the end of my time there was basically managing the one location uh, and was also the the lead coach and uh, director of all the, the the programming that we do with that small group gym. So I think after that experience, I realized like, this is exactly what I want to be doing. I want to be helping people achieve their health fitness related goals. And it goes way beyond that. Just being able to like talk to people about lifestyle and, and give nutrition recommendations and, and talk about everything that affects their overall performance in their everyday life. Uh, so that, that little, that, two to three year stint kind of working with the general population really kind of helped spark my interest in, in kind of like knowing and solidifying that that's the direction I wanted to go. And so that that's kind of where my origin story began. And then now there's a lot of stuff that's happened since then to kind of bring me to where I'm at now. I don't have to go keep going deep dive step by step, but that's essentially what kind of brought me to uh, just certain different experiences I've had from high school on, uh, just moving up the ranks and, and different people that I met and different influences I was able to have, uh, interning in, with Rob Rabina after my, after I graduated from college and before I went to massage therapy school, uh, he is one of my greatest mentors and somebody that I'll always go back to and was able to kind of come full circle now that I'm working with him, uh, again at Ascent and doing more group training there. Um, so there's a lot of kind of like full circle things and, and, and a lot of big influences that I've had uh, over the over the years. And then even when that my time at that group gym came to a close uh, due to kind of covid reasons too, the location was closing down. And obviously, immediately, one of the, the first people I call um, was Rob. And then I was able to 
I basically went from having nothing to do and having no idea what I was going to do once that gym closed down to Rob basically saying like, hey, like, would you be open to doing some group group sessions and in a similar kind of fashion that you you're already doing now over at the facility at Ascent Athlete? And I was super open to it. And I basically is where I'm at now today. And then also during that period of time, I've had other influences and, and other mentors, Jim Ferris being one of them who helped kind of pave the way for my online business and Kenny performance in itself. He really just helped me kind of navigate through all of the all of the hurdles that I'd have to get through to be able to just have like a clear line of thinking with what do I want to do with my business? What do I want to get out of it? Why am I actually doing it? And just kind of like getting my getting my shit together when it comes to when it mm -hmm. comes to just being able to make something my own. He really kind of just like point blank and he doesn't tell you what to do. He kind of just like allows you to to lead, get that out of you, which which was a definitely a helpful thing for me as well. And now kind of being on my own and having a lot of the systems in place that I use and a lot of the work in the beginning was top heavy. And now I kind of, not that I'm in like autopilot mode, but I have things in check now that I'm over a year out of when I started and it feels really good to be able to, if someone's interested, be able to know exactly what, how I can approach that, what I can offer them and how we can adjust things as, as we go through. So, yeah. So in total, like that's where I'm at right now. And that's kind of, there's certain people and places that have led me to the position I'm in right now. Some mentors, some experiences, uh, some education, all that kind of wrapped up. It's, it was kind of a bounce around path, but you know, we all kind of fall on our feet sometime. Yeah. And I think that's, that's your story is very interesting. And I think that's the story of a lot of young strength coaches and trying to figure out their path. And, you know, you've, you have bounced around, but they've all been great experiences that have kind of led you to where you are now. And now you're, it seems like you're, you're doing well, a good job at like building your business and you kind of found what you want to do. And, and I think not even just fitness, young fitness coaches, I think that's just the path a lot of young professionals take when they're out of school, they're still trying to figure it out. And then they find their path and, you know, they go for it, but kudos to you for continuing therapy, finding the mentors that can guide you. I think that's huge for any young professionals listening is make sure like find mentors, the right people will help guide you and have this prosperity growth mindset that say, you know what, Joe, here's the tools we used. You're going to make them your own, but this is the path that we, we followed to help get a, us, help us get to where we want to be. You know, you can take what you want, make it your own. And I think mentorship's huge. Yeah. And I think the path you took with the massage therapy too, I think that's a, a good niche, the, the direction a lot of strength coaches are going, but also it adds a lot of value to your clients too, because you can provide another service and it gives you that higher level of education above and beyond your typical strength coach, personal trainer, group fitness class instructor, you know? Yeah. So, so kudos and, to you. Yeah. And like basically as all over the place as my origin story that I just gave you was, is essentially exactly how it was. So even like it's tough to go from like this periodic, well, this, there was no one defining moment, you know, that like struck me as like, oh, I'm going to be a strength and conditioning coach. It mm -hmm. was just a culmination of things over time and influences over time that made me realize what I enjoyed doing. And then also being able to channel that and be like, how can I take what I enjoy doing and then make it make it a living for myself at the same time as being able to help others along the way? So it's like there was so many as all over the places I was with with that story. It's just like that's exactly what it is. It's just it's like undeniably all over the place. And I bounced around a ton. I still have my 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 hands in a lot of different places. And it's. It's, it's going to continue that way. And I, I see for the foreseeable future, but I enjoy it. I love being adaptable. I love having that kind of keeping things simple within like a dynamic structure where I'm going to keep things as, as, as point blank as possible. We're going to relentlessly like target the basics and hammer away at those things. But at the same time, having this ability to go in and create a structure somewhere that we can adapt to the individuals that are there, whether it's general population, whether it's youth athletes, whether it's professional athletes, any, any, anywhere across the board, mm -hmm. just being able to simplify things depending on what kind of the goal of the situation is, or the facility or the team or the individual is, is my kind of main kind of philosophy and thinking when it, when it kind of attacks those things. So it's like making the 
complex and all over the placeness simple is is the is the main main goal. Absolutely. The, the KISS principle, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Yep. So what is you want to do in the direction you want to take your business? What's been your main motivation in trying to propel this forward? You know, what it, what is something that you want people to know about your main motivator, where you want to be as a, a trainer or a movement professional? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the biggest things for me is just the educational piece. I always found that like, I know like coach is very like, directly synonymous with being a teacher. We are literally just teaching people how to move, teaching people um, the effectiveness of exercise, teaching people why certain things are important, why maybe certain things aren't as important as they think. Uh, I think that's the that's what drives me the most is seeing people have that like kind of aha moment of, oh, that's what he means. That's what this means when people are talking about that or like that's why this exercise is important. Trying to eliminate the eyewash and just directly, like I said, point blank, keep things simple. That my main motivation definitely is is the educational piece and being able to teach people reasons why we do certain exercises, why we approach training a certain way, and uh, letting them know that like there is there is a method to all the madness. Uh, so that's one of my main motivations there and. I love when I hear back from certain clients or certain individuals that they, they'll they come back to me and tell me like that they did something that I, I talked to them about or they kind of, it just gives me a bit like, oh, well, they learned the lesson. Like being mm-hmm. able to have like the student, quote unquote, student come back and, and, and relay something to me that they did because of information that I gave them. That That's what really kind of motivates me. Having that kind of like long lasting change where it's like, even if I'm not in the room, you should be able to be successful without me being here. So being able to have that like establishing independence is is a big motivator for me too as well. The less I have to say as a coach is just the better the program's going, the better the training's going, the better all the whole experience is going to be. I'm definitely not a cheerleader. I, I, I like to go very hands off and kind of nudge when I need to and kind of like bully when I need to a little bit and in, 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 in bullying in the funnest sense, meaning like, hey, like I think that you could push yourself a little bit more here kind of deal. But yeah, I, th- I think it's that that the educational piece along with the independence piece. Those are the those are the the two of the biggest pillars, I would say, that that kind of motivate me. And then also at the end of the day, like going to be cliche, but just like being able to see people make progress, like just mm-hmm. absolutely just being able to see people go from one thing to the next and and feeling like I'm a part of that process, which is great. And just knowing that like, just being so proud of the person for being able to put in the time and effort and sticking with it and trusting me. I, I, th- those are those are three of the, the biggest pillars to, to my motivation right there. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Rise Education Platform. RISE stands for Rehab Integrated into Sports Education. We offer solutions for business owners who want to bring more athletes into their practice, as well as clinicians to help them better understand how to integrate sports performance metrics into the rehab setting. Our 12-week master's class for clinicians offers solutions for clinicians to begin to implement these ideas right away. And our business mentorship helps business owners figure out the solutions that best suit their business's needs. Visit sportsrehabeducation.com for more information. I, I love it. So tell me like how you motivate people and how you're working to establish independence with them. Is your coaching style changing depending on the type of person? Are you just giving them a program and saying, here you go? What is the process um, that you take into establishing independence and with these people and how are you guiding them to get to that point? Because I don't disagree with you. I think, you know, ultimately the goal is we're here, like you said, we're, we're teachers at our core. So it's how can we teach and instruct people to not necessarily need us all the time, but we're there to guide them to come up with their own solutions very often. Yeah. Um, but how are you going about that process of establishing independence with some of your clients? So I'll take the um, the group training, for example. When when you step into a session, I consider it more as a small group personal training style. So it's not like, like I yes, I do have that structure. But like I mentioned earlier, it's a dynamic structure. So within that structure, we can approach things a number of different ways. Depending on somebody's skill level, depending on somebody's goals, we can manipulate the structure 
to help them and set them up for success. One thing I repeat relentlessly to people, and this is kind of like one way of how I motivate people is I'm never going to ask or suggest that you're going to, to do something if I do not believe wholeheartedly that you can do it. I'm never going to put somebody in a position that they're going to get injured or necessarily fail on, on what the task at hand. Um, I'm fine with failure. I think failure is a great teacher and it also can kind of humble some people and kind of check some egos every now and then. But for the most part, if, if I'm offering something to you or if I'd be like, hey, like, let, let's try this. I know that you can already I feel like I already have the confidence in you that you can already do it. So that's how I kind of approach the coaching there. And then as far as like building the independence, it's it's that kind of helps give that confidence to be independent. Be like I'm going to I'm going to give you this the, these tools and you're going to use them. So taking like a certain movement, for example, if we're doing like a, a trap bar deadlift, if say, say, all right, we have, we have deadlifts in the workout today. Again, not everybody even has to deadlift. It's just a part of like, I, I think everybody should have a sense of, we should be able to know how to hip hinge and we should be able to load that hinge. That's mm -hmm. as, that's as simple as that. I, I don't think that we have to term it as a deadlift all the time. Like I think some people get very overwhelmed, especially people that are like not a little bit novice to the weight room. So I basically just say like, all right, hey, like this is the variation that I have written down. But if you're not there yet, and I, I will usually know that depending on how long they've been around or if it's their first session, we probably we've gone through some type of movement assessment to be able to to see if they are ready for that kind of movement. But from there, I'm not going to just throw them right into the fire. It's going to be more so of like, if you don't know how to do the movement, I'm going to set you up in a position that's going to allow you to do it with me saying minimal words. So like mm -hmm. any bit of situation that I could put you in to, to add some constraint or to add some restriction to be like, hey, like I'm going to put my fists in front of your knees. I want you to shift your hips back without your knees touching my hands. So just something as simple as that or giving them a PVC pipe to realize to get the feedback from there. Be like, hey, keep some keep some contact on the back, back of the head, middle of the back, top of your butt, be it, and now do that same motion where we're pushing the hips back. All right, now I'm going to take that away. Now I'm just going to add this weight to your hands. So it's just kind of like a slow progression and over like instead of just trying to teach someone a whole entire movement all at once, teaching the parts first is for what I found just way more beneficial and Almost sometimes someone gets it so fast that we can then go, all right, well, you have it. Let's go throw like 65 pounds or 95 pounds on the trap bar and just stand up with it. We're just going to put everything together that we did there. And just giving that as an example, I mean, a trap bar deadlift is kind of one of my favorite lifts because mm -hmm. I feel like I'm really good at it. It's also a part of my logo. So <laughs> yeah, I love I it. just figured I'd use that as, a, as an example. But yeah, like building that independence of like, hey, like, you don't need to do, you don't need to know how to do everything. I want you to know, like whatever uh, level you're on for whatever exercise we're doing, I should be able to walk away and you should be able to complete it without me having to walk, hold your hand or, or babysit you through it. So that's another thing for me. And that, that so that kind of comes in tandem with me giving them the right level that they should be on. And then also them just being fully comfortable with it. So for me, finding that middleman of like, all right, where, how can I walk away from this person and, and know that they're going to be successful with the movement? And then how can we overload that over time? And that is literally could just be as simple as adding some weight, adding some reps. And then eventually once we hit a certain threshold, be like, all right, let's go, let's go practice with some, some different tools or different toys. Like let's go from, goblet squatting to uh using the safety bar uh once we pass a certain threshold and just getting people comfortable and like pushing them out of their comfort zone getting comfortable outside of their comfort zone so expanding the barriers of that comfort zone is 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 another way that i help establish that independence because it's tough to be independent when you're very scared in in the environment that you're in so just establishing confidence and ex expanding the barriers of, of that comfort zone and setting people up for success and putting people in positions that I know that they will succeed is how 
is is the biggest driver of 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 getting that to that independent level in the weight room. And and I think that you just said a ton of gold in there. But yeah, like basically a lot of what our job is is getting people to understand and getting them comfortable with being in those uncomfortable situations because that's where people grow and adapt. Whether it's studying a book to pass a test where you're mm-hmm. you're pushing your brain outside of its comfort zone or you're in the weight room trying to push a little bit extra weight that you're not comfortable with. That's so much of what we do as a strength coach. But then in describing your program, a lot of the things um, you mentioned in making sure you know your regressions and progressions of a of a movement or an activity, making sure you're using part-whole practice to teach a movement, then just manipulating the variables and progressing people as they tolerate. I think there's a lot of gold in there in, with regards to creating a good, solid foundation and a good training program. Um, and not really getting lost in the weeds of the next new Instagram, yep. you know, exercise or any of that kind of stuff. I think what you described there is is great for um, a young strength coach to understand and just keep it simple. Push people outside their comfort zone, have your progressions and regressions, and then just load people and progress them as appropriate. Don't get yep. too crazy with the program. My biggest thing is when it comes to those things, like the the Instagram exercises, uh, if if you follow me on Instagram every now and then on my story, I, I like to pop the little uh, sprinkling the salt on. Uh, mm-hmm. So just kind of sprinkling those things in, whether it's med ball work, sled work, doing some some type of jumping for uh, the general population, breaking out the sledgehammer for the people that can handle it, Do, doing those kind of like little crazy things, but at a smaller level. It is just a bite of the pie. It's not even a piece of the pie. And and that that's how it things kind of keep fresh. And also I think it's an important thing. I think power development for like, or, or power sustain to, to be able to sustain some level of like power and coordination as you progress through life is really important. It's like taking all of the things that you've, you've the, all the movement things you've learned and kind of just putting it all together. So there, that kind of goes right to that part to whole kind of like type of learning. By the way, mm-hmm. you've you explained everything I said way cooler than I could have ever explained it. Use <laughs> <laughs> all the technical terms and everything. It was very doctor view. So I appreciate you for kind of clarifying that for that population. I'll speak for all the rambling coaches out there, and you can kind of just speak for the uh, for the people that can kind of really narrow it down and say the cool words. You got to keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, right. I got it. Yeah. But yeah, I think the biggest thing is really it's to see progress in the gym is consistency, right? And you don't want, again, you don't want to get lost in the sexy exercises, but mm. sometimes you throw them in to keep it fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you want training to be fun. You don't want it to feel like I have to go to the gym. You want it to feel like I get to go to the gym. I have a great time at the gym. I'm with my people. I'm with Joe, who's, you know, making the training session fun and it doesn't seem like a chore. Right. That's another thing. That's another thing. Uh, like, there's a couple things that I I often and again I don't even know if I came up with these things, but like they just make sense to me. It's like the training shouldn't be fun. The environment can be fun. The trainer can be fun. Like you know mm-hmm. what I mean. The experience can be fun, but training in its in itself is challenging and it's hard work and mm-hmm. like you have to push yourself like again out of that comfort zone. So like that stuff inherently isn't necessarily fun, but you have to spin it and create a culture and environment to where you can enjoy doing those things. You can enjoy the struggle. You can enjoy the challenge. And, and those are just kind of like, you, you kind of need that in, especially in the group setting in, in with general population, you need to kind of establish that. Like, I understand that this sucks at times, but I'm not going to put stuff in here that isn't going to benefit you. So just, mm-hmm. just so you know, and like, just kind of like letting people know that, like, we're not wasting anybody's time in here. Um, if I if I was, if you ever ask me a question of like, why is it, why are we doing this exercise? And I don't have an answer for you right away. Then it's probably not. It's probably going to get taken out of the of the program because there's no need for it to be there. But for a, any anything I have in there, I'm going to have a reason for it, and I'm going to make it as justifiable as I possibly can. Perfect. Yeah. And that's an important lesson for you know the potential clients out here is that your trainer should always have a reason a why. Right. There should always be a why to why is this helping me to reach the goals that we discussed at the begin the intake session. Right. So we've talked about who we, we'd be remiss if we asked who primarily is the type of population that you're serving. And then why do you think they're choosing you and, and how are you getting them into into your business? 
So basically half of what I do right now, or more than half, is the working with the general population. So we do that small group personalized style training at Ascent Athlete. And then I also work with a number of individuals online uh, through through True Coach and through my kidney performance business. Um, and I think that I'm just I feel like I can just talk to people and relate to people on different levels and get a, get my message across in different ways and just kind of help, like we already talked about, instill that confidence, instill that independence. I'm not going to be someone who has to walk you through something every single time. And that goes right aside to like hand in hand with the coaching and how I program things and the way that I structure things. It's like, I feel like the the biggest fad nowadays is is to like, kind of keep things new. Like we were talking about the Instagram stuff. There's always something new out there. There's always something like hip and like, we're just doing a new exercise where we're standing on a dumbbell and holding this and doing that. And like, yeah, those things are like great, like cool looking and all. But for the most part, like you're going to help helping people understand that you're going to reach your goals faster and probably more efficiently. If you just relentlessly hammer away at the basics and do all the things right and stay consistent and just always check in and filling up the other buckets, the sleep, nutrition, hydration, stress levels outside of the gym. When you're inside the gym, like the group program that I run, it's a three-day a week strength and conditioning program. They're only with me for 4% of their week. So it's like, or 4% of their day every time they're, they're in there. So like in that 4% of your day, you can't jam pack all of this health and fitness in in this one hour span of that of that day mm-hmm. so it's like you have to do the other things not even necessarily right but you just have to put effort into it you have to be consistent with it one of the challenges we ran that i that i created last um summer i called it the smile challenge it was smile was just an acronym it was sleep move interact learn and eat uh so the like sleep that. aspect of it was Basically, and then the smile, again, if you do all those things, for the most part, you're probably going to be pretty happy about yourself. So the sleep aspect, all I had them do, again, there was no like, you have to do this, you have to do that. All I had them do, the whole point of the challenge was just to create awareness. So tracking what time they went to bed, what time they woke up, and, and then obviously how many hours they slept every night, which was could be eye-opening for a lot of people, the inconsistencies of going to bed, waking up, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movement aspect tracked how many days they were able to make it into the gym and how many extra days on the outside, which I'm always promoting walking. And we'll always talk about different uh, activities you could do outside. So whether that is going for walking, some people go to yoga classes, some I, I will go over a certain thing. If people are dealing with some maybe mobility issues or something like that, I'll give them some exercises to work on on the off days. So promoting that side of things, that that was the, the movement aspect of it. The interaction part, being active on our Facebook group page, just being able, because I feel like the more people see that other people are doing the same thing, the more comfortable some people get about talking about it and going through it. So the learning part, uh, once a week, I would throw up a like an educational video or an article uh, some of it, I've kind of got a, I had a feel that like a lot of people wanted to, to know about nutritional related things. So again, keeping it simple, basically put up like there was a video I found on YouTube about explaining what carbohydrates are and why they're important. So like just something as simple as that, like giving people edu- that educational piece. Uh, and then the eat part, I had people we used, I think it was like my fitness pal app, which is super simple to use. You can always like scan food and stuff. Mm-hmm. And some of these people never tracked ever, ever before. And not to say that you have to always track. And then I don't think that it's something that everybody can do, but I think it can be helpful to at least give you a snapshot of where your kind of energy in levels are at. So what people found during that challenge, uh, aside from kind of like making progress was, oh, well, like I don't eat enough or I don't sleep enough or like and, and like these are things that like I probably could have told them prior, but they needed to kind of see it and experience it to kind of get a better feel for it. So I was very happy with how that went. And um, yeah, I don't even know what we were talking about before this, but I kind of <laughs> went on a little tangent here. But that 
but I'd like just that kind of that challenge I think was was important for a lot of reasons in just kind of like opening people's eyes to all of the things that are encapsulated in their health and fitness. Um, oh, we were talking about the population I work with. Again, I think that's like that is right in line with what people need to know. It's not about just showing up to an exercise class and or strength class and and like, oh, that was it. That was my check the box for the day. Um, mm-hmm. it's like you're not like I, I've said this before, too, that showing up isn't half the battle. It's like you're basically when you show up, you're showing up to battle. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're showing up to put in the work, to put in the effort. Sometimes, yes, showing up is probably going to be more important than than most things. But you still have to come in with you have to walk through the door just with effort in in hand. Like there can't be. I can't, we're not effort coaches, right? So like they, they especially as, as an adult in the general population, like you have to have that effort and, and you just have to put it towards whatever the task is when, when we walk in. And I think that I, I enjoy working with the general population because their sport and their performance is everyday life. So it's just whether it's getting them to move more or helping them with their jo- their job that they already have. Yeah. I mean, I work with some people that have desk jobs. I work with some people like are in rec leagues and, and play basketball and hockey. I work with some people that do very hard physical labor, mechanics and, and construction workers and stuff like that. And so it's like always knowing it's like it's 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 the same kind of approach as like training athletes. It's just mm-hmm. knowing you always have to know your athlete and it's always going to be about the individual. So another education piece and, and kind of a motivating piece that I like to give to people is like, hey, like this will help you do this. Like if you're say if, if, if I'm working with somebody and we're kind of so somebody right now, uh, one gentleman is just went through some some shoulder surgery and he's trying to get back to work. He's he was a mechanic. He works on he works on a lot of trucks and handles heavy equipment, swings a hammer a lot. So unfortunately, his shoulder is going to be in a little bit of rough, uh, a little bit of time to recover. Uh, he's working with Troy, actually, down o- over in Garnet Valley. Um, so he's back and cleared and he's been he's been kind of working with us. And I've been talking with him like, hey, like we have to get you ready for your sport. Like you're going to have to go back to work soon and we're going to have to approach things always with that in mind of like, what are you going to be doing outside of here? Cause it can't just be this, this super general anymore. Like, again, that this is where the personalized piece comes into it. He's going to be working around and in that structure that we have, but it's going to continue to be dynamic and we're going to be like, all right, like obviously you're not going to be able to, to, press the same on both sides so we can load up the left as much as we want and we'll kind of do what we can and manage on the right side we'll have to get you more comfortable moving that that right shoulder under some kind of like fast movements and stress if you want to be swinging a hammer and kind of like freely moving stuff around so maybe we incorporated it he couldn't necessarily be tossing med balls around yet just because the release was kind of bothering them. So we just work on some light rope waves to get things started instead of doing med ball slams. Mm-hmm. So it's like just different little things here and there to kind of just uptick on the way up. And that's why I kind of enjoy working with that population because they're just, they don't have, that's not their job to be in shape, but like it's a priority of them and and it's, they, they like, they enjoy it. I tell people all the time as well that like, you don't have to be here training with me or in this to be successful and to be healthy. It's like, mm-hmm. you just like, I'm trying to give you something that you can help be consistent with. And that's the biggest thing is like, I don't care if there, if like we come in and we only do like one exercise every day, as long as you're coming in consistently, you're going to get something and just trying yeah. to keep things interesting and keep things going and keep things and progressively overloading things as uh, like periodically just so people keep coming back and they keep seeing the progress. They always having something where there's, there, there's going to be tangible evidence that I got better at this or I got stronger or I'm, I feel better about something. And that's, that's the, the, the biggest driver I think behind me and, and why I love 
working with with the general population because there's so much variation to it it it, it it's it, it is with it's it literally is dynamic in itself yeah it, i have to be very adaptable and, and nothing gets stagnant we're not working with the same sport all the time there's no kind of preseason in season off season you know what i mean postseason so the structure is kind of just we can create it what it is and just kind of go through the year with just this kind of consistent mindset I love that, Joe. And again, there's a ton of gold in that. It was you're creating awareness, and that smile program was great. I love the acronym. Did you come up with that yourself? Yeah, I did. It took me some time. <laughs> there was either it was either smile, limes, miles, or slime, and I was like, smile definitely sounds the best. <laughs> uh, smile. That, I mean, that was great. I might steal that yeah. from you. Yeah, go um, for it. But it was, you know, you're creating awareness is through programs like the smile program. You're having you're helping people um be held accountable with consistency and then like part of that is you can keep training through an injury very rarely is there a time that you have to completely rest but if you're continuing to reach perform you want to you don't want to lose your progress in the gym but you get hurt the right trainer should be able to guide you in an appropriate way to keep help you keep training through the injury and just tweak your program sometimes it's little tweaks sometimes it's big tweaks but all the research shows that the more you train, the stronger you stay. You mentioned power being a big part of the general population's programs at points. Like um, the more powerful you stay into old age, the stronger you stay, the less risk of mortality that you have in the long run. Yep. Um, so all those things have a place in a program for general population. And then that everybody's an athlete. You know, everybody just has maybe we're not as high performing as a professional basketball player but we're still athletes in our given day-to-day and in our specific work-related tasks. And I think that's an important thing for people to understand too, that um, we all we have to look at ourselves as, as all athletes. And if that helps you understand that the things you put into your body and the recovery with the sleep and need to be held at a higher priority so that you can help serve your kids better, help serve the people around you better. I think that's those are important messages to get across too in a lot of the general population clients. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you have a lot going on, but what's next for you? Where do you see yourself going over the next couple of years? Let everybody know, like, what's the next steps you're planning on maybe taking? Yeah. So first and foremost, I want to continue to to build up the the group sessions that I'm doing over at Ascent Athlete. I, will, I want to kind of keep building that environment, building that culture over there getting more people in. I know we have a limited time and and uh, throughout the week and it's really just the mornings. Uh but I mean I feel like that that's uh that's a, a it's it's just a great space for people to come and get stronger and realize that they they have the potential of being they have the potential of reaching their potential. Is this what I want people to to kind of realize when it comes simply simply put keep it simple. Yep. And then also as far as Kenny performance goes, I look at last year as my kind of a rookie year and I I'm pretty happy with the way things went. It was a lot very top heavy, a lot of kind of just like getting systems and structure in place, but at the same time like I'm just I was happy about all the opportunities I was able to have. I'm working with a couple teams. I work with uh, about six to eight individuals right now pretty consistently and just just starting to see the progress of all that because when it comes to fitness and it comes to training, you're not going to see it in the first month, the second month. Like you might start seeing like little upticks, but you're not going to see that progress until you actually turn around and you're like, wow, like six months went by and look where these people are at. And this is because like, and that's why tracking and, and, and keeping track of all these things and uh, is so important and being consistent is so important because it doesn't just take a small amount of time to be able to, to, to see your progress. So my, my goal for Kinney performance is to continue to build, to continue to, to build my brand, to build my business, to, to get my name out there a lot more, to continue to be an influence to the people that I, I know that I, I can help out. Another thing I do is I, I'm over at well, a boarding school in Exton uh, called Church Farm School. And I another thing that I really enjoyed doing there was basically just stepping in and turning nothing into something. Uh, to where they had like a little weight room space and then they updated it, but they didn't have any structure to what they were doing. So uh, and then the same deal with like other other schools and other facilities that I've worked with. I've kind of been able to step in and give them a solid structure to build off of. And then whether that like 
I'm there all the time or I'm there kind of in a hybrid role where some of it's virtual uh, or that I'm communicating with some interns that work at the facility. Um, just being able to, to put a, a structure on top of what they have there uh, so they can incorporate strength and conditioning and performance training into what they already have is, is something that I want to continue to do and continue to build on. Cause I feel like that's something that's really important and it's not something that I have to physically be there all the time for. I can almost be like a consultant, a tour guide. And if you already have coaches or, or, or interns in place, I can help create that structure. So that's something that I want to continue to do. And I'll be continuing to do that with the, the teams that I'm already working with, which I really enjoy doing that as well. And just kind of watching it flourish and, seeing it grow uh, and seeing how things, like I said, go from nothing to something where they started off having no, no program at all. And, and now there is this kind of, we're running like clockwork and doing all the things I talked about today, instilling that independence and pushing for confidence, just keeping things simple in that, in that structure. It's great. I love it, Joe. So here, as we close out um, the interview, I'm doing a final five kind of rapid fire questions with everybody at the end. I'm going to try to catch you off guard a little bit, but there are going to be hopefully fun, fun questions that give people a little bit of insight into more of your personality and who you are. So what you mentioned, you played baseball, so you might have a little experience with this. What would be your walkout song coming into the gym ready for a Monday morning training session? What would be your walkout song? So in college, I actually had a walkout song. I was a relief pitcher, and I I really liked the band Kings of Leon. So my walkout song was the uh, the song D. So in the chorus, they say like this could be the end. So I was always thinking like, well, this could be the end of the game for them because if I come mm -hmm. in and kind of shut it down, which never really happened, but you know, like it was a good thought. Uh, <laughs> you didn't you win a World Series? Yeah, we we I, I was um. I didn't actually even pitch in the World Series, but we used four pitchers in the World Series. So okay. D2 Baseball National Champions. We had four games in 14 days. We used three starters and one reliever the whole entire time. That's all we needed. Mm -hmm. After the second round, we we were the only undefeated team. So we were able to kind of like just have days off and kind of had a couple yeah. of buys here and there. But no, uh, I mean, I'm definitely proud of, of my, my college baseball career. I, I got better each year and was able to be a, a captain on the national championship team too. So from what the the consistency of talent maybe wasn't there, the consistency in leadership definitely stood up for myself there. Love it. Good stuff, Joe. Yeah. And then uh, you mentioned this earlier. What's your favorite exercise? Uh, I would say trap bar deadlifts, but also any single leg exercise I kind of love to hate. Like rear foot elevated mm -hmm. split squats are like anything that just – gets a little spicy is is just in, in the quads and the like i just did some some heavy like leg extensions which i've been kind of going to planet fitness recently my girlfriend has a black card and i used mm -hmm. to always like not think down on planet fitness but think like oh like i i i can go to better facilities than that and then you walk in and it's just like a playground of all equipment and mm -hmm. and machines and stuff and so don't give planet fitness a, a bad rap for for those people out there it's very cheap and it's easy especially for the general population go in and Get with a coach that can maybe give you a little bit of a program or an online program, and then you can kind of set yourself up uh, for success. <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. There's a time yeah. and place for everything, and I'm with you. I, I like I'm, – I'm pushing towards those exercises that I love to hate. Yeah. All right, one food for the rest of your life. What would you eat? Peanut butter and jelly. All right. <laughs> I don't – that has been like – I don't know why that popped into my head. I was trying to be quick there. Maybe that's mm -hmm. not the right answer, but it's the it's the first answer. I've, I've went from like eating maybe – I know that there's like a whole average of how many peanut butter and jellies people eat throughout their life. I've seen this number before, and I'm like – I scoff at it and be like, I am probably leaps and bounds past that number. <laughs> I think I had peanut butter and jelly for – two peanut butter and jellies for lunch every single day from like maybe fourth grade or younger until maybe even through parts of high school. And now, you know, it's still in, it's still, ha I have that little nostalgia piece. Sometimes it's a, it's a little snack for me at night, a little PB and J on mm -hmm. some, uh, was it the David's killer bread? I like that. And mm -hmm. I make my own blueberry jam, I guess you can call it. It's really just, I put blueberries in a pot and I boil them. I put chia seeds and honey and cinnamon and then Ooh, that becomes... Like it's really good. But yeah. then you just got to mash it down, toss it in a mason jar, 
So you know what? I've, I've become more health conscious with the peanut butter and jelly. It's not like just the sugar-filled jellies. So I kind of just try to keep it as natural as I can, not to like make everything healthy. But, you know, I, I still use just it's, – it's a great snack. It's a, it's a great little, uh, little thing to have. And I would not mind eating those all day because I already eat a lot of peanut butter too. So that would just get thrown right in the mix. You're, you're going to have to share that recipe with me. That sounds good. Yeah. All right. And then what's your guilty pleasure? Oh, my guilty pleasure. Oh, let's humanize you a little bit in front of your, your clients. My guilty pleasure. I really like, that's not really a guilty pleasure. I was going to say, I enjoy just going for a stroll, but that's not really, I'm not too guilty about that. Uh, (laughs) I'm with you on that. It's just like, good walk alone. Just like a walk alone. Like I, I, I think the pandemic really brought that out. Me too. Is like, I am done working and I, I, I am already home. So it's like, what, what am I doing now? Yeah. So it's like, mm-hmm. I think there's going for a walk became a hobby. Uh, yeah. Uh, and sometimes and like it started off like listening to podcasts or music and then it started off to just not listening to anything, just walking and just thinking. But again, that's not mm-hmm. a guilty pleasure, guilty pleasure. I'll buy that because that's something I, I got into during the pandemic too. It was yeah. just, and then it was podcasts, but then it was just taking in the surroundings and the scenery and, nature and it was yeah i'm with you there all right and what's your favorite thing about the philadelphia area being a south philly guy and being born and raised in the heart of it just the the sports world just uh well phillies fan eagles fan sixers fan i like the flyers i don't really follow hockey that much but i'm just a philly fan at heart just that whole atmosphere and the culture of the the grittiness and the blue collarness it really is a different world things happen really fast in 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 the city and i think that it's a great place for a, a coach to grow up in too because it's you have to be very adaptable you have to learn a ton of things and you're able to see like how the sports programs are run and how the fans treat it and how they expect success and how they just like push for everything being the best so I think that's like probably maybe I'm just realizing right now that that's a subtle influence on on myself as as just being a coach. Love it. All right, great, Joe. And to round this out, how do people get a hold of you? Why don't you give everybody um, the best places to get a hold of you if they're looking to train with you, find out more information about you? All right, all right. So I'm on Instagram at Kinney Performance, uh, K-I-N-E-E, no underscores or anything. That's really the only social media platform I use, and then. Uh, so you could, I guess the, if you want to find out more information about the group sessions I do, uh, at Ascent, you can email info at ascentathlete.com. So those would be the two biggest ways to get some info. And then also you can shoot me a DM on Instagram if you want. Perfect. I appreciate it, Joe. Thank you so much for hopping on. Yep. Thanks for your time, John. Hey, hold on a second. Don't leave yet. This is your host, Dr. John Herding, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fitness Philadelphia. If you did, I'm going to ask you to do three simple things. They take less than five minutes and they go such a long way. We really do appreciate it. Number one, please subscribe to our show wherever you listen to it. iTunes, Spotify, or whatever it may be. Number two, please leave us a favorable review. Number three, share it. Put it on social media. Talk about it with your friends. Send it in a text message. Whatever you can do to share this episode because we put a lot of work into it and we want to make sure as many people are getting the value out of it as possible. And lastly, if you'd like to learn more, please go to precisionperformancept.com backslash fitness Philadelphia. Thank you so much. This is Dr. John Herding. This is Fitness Philadelphia and have a great day.